As humans, we often desire a life of worth and significance. It's part of our DNA. Although significance is in the eye of the beholder, if we believe our life carries a weight of goodness that benefits the world and those we love, we will desire to leave this world knowing it served a purpose. Join us today as we start this brand new series called Gratitude right now. Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey, Venture Podcasters. We hope you're doing well today. We want to welcome you to another Venture Podcast. My name is Dan Wills. I'm the lead pastor at Chandler Acres Church in Bellevue, Nebraska. And as always, um, our church is saying thank you for joining us and being a part of this podcast. And we are praying that God will give you a reason, a purpose of why he's placed you where you are at this specific moment listening to us. And listening to God is what we're hoping you are actually doing. Hey, uh, we would love for you to be able to continue to support this podcast in a couple of different ways. We need your help. Uh, one, be praying. Be praying that this podcast is reaching people. Uh, currently, we are. Uh, we want to reach more. So uh, be praying for that, that God will, God's will will allow us to reach more people uh, across this world. We are all over the world. Um, people are listening from all over the world, which is awesome and fantastic and unbelievable all in the same sentence. And, uh, but we also need some help um, financially. Uh, if you would like to help us keep this going, um, we, we, we're not usually, we don't like to beg for money for sure. Uh, but it does take money, uh, finances. And so if you would like to help us out being a, a patron or, uh, just send a one-time donation that you can do that. Um, you can send that to our, our website give page, which is chandleracreschurch.com backslash give. Uh, we'll repeat that at the end of the podcast as well. So, uh, if you want to write that down and help us in that way. Uh, the other way you can help us is by giving us likes and uh, making comments on whatever platform you listen to. Uh, that will help us spread the word. It'll get more people interested in seeing uh, what we're all about um, and hopefully get the word out there. So, hey, um, let's dive in for today because I'm excited about this series. Um, again, we're calling it Gratitude. Uh, it's that time of year, you know, where we're we're thinking about being thankful, you know, during Thanksgiving time frame. Uh, but what does that really stem to? You know, gratitude, right? Uh, we have some um, some thankfulness there. So recently we saw in the news um, the deaths of two well-known men. It wasn't real recent, but it was in the near 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 time that we are in. Um, we had Chadwick Boseman pass away. You know, like uh, he was the Black Panther, uh, played other parts, an actor, right? Uh, and then we also had Kobe Bryant uh, in the helicopter crash. He was an NBA great, right? And when we mourn the loss of someone who has achieved greatness in their own right, right, and consider their achievements, we often follow it with a look inward uh, to evaluate our life's significance as well. It's as if the grief, shock, anger, you know, possibly denial, and at times the deep sense of loss that, that has given us a pass, you know, this, this, this membership, as you would say, to just kind of slow down, right, and consider the significance of our own experience on this side of heaven. 
And what we'll do is we'll wrestle with life significance and we'll ask ourselves questions like, well, what is the most important in life? You know, what, what things are most important in life? And, and how do I fully live so that I'm ready to die? You know, will I leave a legacy that benefits those I leave behind? And how will I build something in this life to carry uh, into my eternal life, right? And so as humans, we often desire a life of worth and significance. It's, it's part of our DNA. Although significance is in the eye of the beholder, if we believe our life carries a weight of goodness that benefits the world and those we love, we will desire to leave this world knowing it served a purpose. We, we want our lives to matter, right? And, and most of us want to make a difference. So what makes our life significant? We, we know that work, play, community, our home, you know, investments, and even our, even our service can add value to our lives, but they do not define it, right? Therefore, if I want my life to be significant, what underlying values or practices should I be participating in so that it is significant now and hereafter? The Bible says that the practice of gratitude gives us a life here and after of significance. Through gratitude, we appreciate life's goodness, which compels us to pay it forward. You know, gratitude creates within us a deep sense of happiness and, and satisfaction, which in turn enriches our relationships. It, it nurtures the formation of new friendships and underlies the very foundation of human society. So today in this podcast, um, to help us understand fundamental gratitude, I want to ask you a, a series of questions. Um, and so today is just going to be a bunch of questions I want you to ponder and think about, meditate upon. Uh, if you need to write down a few of them to think about them later, that, that would be great. Um, so I want to ask you a bunch of questions. So the first thing to get us started, I want to ask, what exactly is gratitude, right? What is exactly gratitude? Gratitude is the practice of actively remembering and expressing the grace which are benefits we do not deserve, and goodness bestowed in our lives. Okay, let me say that again. Gratitude is the practice of actively remembering and expressing the grace and goodness bestowed in our lives. We have an innate desire to show gratitude for the goodness and, and grace that we receive. Early in the Bible, we witness one of the first acts of gratitude through the life of Noah, okay? It comes from Genesis 8, uh, starting with verse 15. Here's, here's how it reads. It says, Then God said to Noah, Leave the boat, all of you, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Release all the animals, the birds, the livestock, and the small animals that scurry along the ground so that they can be fruitful and multiply throughout the earth. So Noah, his wife, and his sons and their wives left the boat, and, and all of the large and small animals and birds came out of the boat, pair by pair. And then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and there he sacrificed as burnt offerings the animals and birds that had been approved for that purpose. So after being on the ark for approximately a full year, right, Noah walks off the boat, and then Noah builds an altar to the Lord. Noah's first recorded act upon leaving the ark was an act of gratitude. So when listening to or reading this, this, this story told, this, this act of worship is easy to read over, right? Without, without close reading, it appears to be a simple practice. But, but when we do a little bit more digging, when we see it as an extraordinary act of, of thankfulness. First, consider this, that the, the fact that Noah spent approximately 365 days on the ark as he walks off the plank Noah makes a conscious decision. 
that the very first thing he will do is say thank you to God. You know, notice God did not direct him to do so. Go back on your reading. It, it says, you know, hey, you know, God, you know, followed this and he did this and did this and God told him to do this and take this. But then it comes time to the build the altar. God didn't tell him to build the altar. Noah just did that, right? At this time in ancient Near Eastern civilization, God had not given commandments or, or statutes, like laws regarding worship, okay? Organized religion and faith practices were still a thousand years away uh, from formation, okay? Noah and his family had been the only followers of God amongst a society of evil, of evil heathens, right? So therefore, this was a singular practice to God, not a communal practice of his people. You know, offering a sacrifice of thanksgiving was not a social, religious, economic habit of the day. In ancient Near Eastern pagan worship, when a sacrifice was made, it was offered to appease the gods and keep them happy so that the people would receive good fortune. Noah did not offer a sacrifice out of the need to have good fortune or a desire to keep God happy or appease him. He offered his sacrifice out of a heart of gratitude. His natural inclination upon leaving this ginormous wooden box was to say thank you. Let's consider the many things that Noah could have done upon leaving the ark, okay, by taking a moment to imagine ourselves in this scenario. For a solid year, you've lived inside a dark ship, a ship drenched in the stench and mess, is the best way to put it, of every animal on earth, right? During this time, you're tossed around the world by tumultuous winds, rains, and waves, when the ark finally banks itself on a mountaintop and you can walk out into the fresh air, what do you imagine your first act in this new world would be? What would it be? Would it be to build an altar and say thank you? I don't know. I, I can't say I would. I, I really can't say I would. I, I wish I would hope. I think I would hope to do that, but I don't know if I would. So let, let's talk about how does God respond to this act of gratitude, right? How does God respond to this act of gratitude? God, knowing Noah's heart, understood that Noah leaving the ship and offering a sacrifice was more than sacrifice, okay? Let's read God's response. Genesis, Genesis chapter 8, um, picking up in verse 21. And the Lord was pleased with the aroma of the sacrifice and said to himself, I will never again curse the ground because of the human race, even though everything they think or imagine is bent toward evil from childhood. I will never again destroy all living things. As long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. Then God blessed Noah and his sons and told them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth. As the aroma of Noah's sacrifice drifted up to the Lord, his heart was touched, and in turn he said, I will never again curse the ground because of man's evil heart or kill every, uh, every creature, right? And God blessed Noah. Blessing Noah was not a response to anything Noah had earned. His blessing was not because he was a stellar ship captain who kept the morale of his crew in, in high spirits, nor for having completed the ark by God's building code, right? Building this big, enormous, you know, giant wooden box, you know? Nor was it a reward for his exceptional care of God's last remaining creatures on earth. Noah's blessing was not a response to his obedience, although blessings do come from choosing obedience. I'll, be, I'll keep that in mind. But in this story, we learn Noah's receiving, received his blessing because his close, 
he chose to worship is really where it came from, which, which pleased the Lord, right? Because his heart was thankful, and, and Noah's emotion overflowed into an act of gratitude, an offering, right? So what does gratitude mean? In other words, what is the definition of gratitude, right? Well, the English word gratitude stems from the Latin word gratia, right? Which means to give thanks. The Bible takes this one word definition a little further. In the Bible, gratitude is the word eucharista, okay, which stems from the word charis, which, is, which means grace. Okay? Charis, grace, is a favor, an act of goodwill, a loving kindness for which we do not deserve. Eucharista is an offering of thanks out of the abundance of grace shown to us. It is to give thanks to the Lord with pleasure and delight because we have received delight and pleasure from his grace. Eucharist is not a horizontal practice. It's, it's not a give and take to and from. Grace does not travel one way and then come back again. It is a cycle of giving and receiving all at the same time. It is grace abounding. The Bible tells us that God does not desire sacrifice for sacrifice's sake, but that he delights in our expression, our declared praise and adoration, which is an outward expression of what is in our hearts. By choosing to practice gratitude, we choose the grace that God has freely offered us, and we offer it freely back to him and others. It's important to note that the gratitude we're talking about is much more than a thank you utterance, okay? Practicing Eucharista flows out of a sentiment of thankfulness. The gratitude for God's grace is, is more than a mere recognition of God's grace, but a felt response, which demands that we express this response. For example, I recently read a news article uh, about a police officer responding to a man threatening suicide by, by jumping off the top of a high building. And when the officer arrived at the scene, the man on the ledge uttered as he positioned himself to jump. He said, no one loves me. No one cares if I die. No one will miss me. Those were the types of things this guy was saying. And the officer said it was as if the man's despair was painfully evident as he repeated the sentiments over and over and over again as, as, other, as other officers tried to tuck him off the ledge. So the original officer realized the, the situation was getting worse, not better, right? And that the man on the ledge was going to jump. He just felt he was going to jump. And so as the officer witnessed this man's pain, he said all he could think at that moment was, I love this man. I care for this man. And so this is what the officer offered this man on the ledge, this feeling of love that he had for him. As the man continued to vocalize his brokenness, the officer gently stated, don't jump, right? I love you. You are loved. You are not alone. And someone cares for you. I care for you. I love you. And the officer said this repeatedly. And if you find the story on the, on the internet, you can. You can also find the audio of him speaking to the man on the ledge. The surrounding officers testified that these words brought the man out of his trance of despair. And as the officer continued to tell the stranger on the ledge that he loved him, the man climbed off the ledge and fell into the officer's arm, sobbing, crying, right? The officer held him, embraced him, and continued to repeat that he loved him. When the reporters asked the officer why he felt this way toward a man he didn't even know, the officer replied something to this effect. I just felt I loved him. Even though I didn't even know him, it broke my heart to see him feel so unloved. Because I am loved. I knew I loved him. This is God's grace poured out in an expression of love.
When we receive God's grace in our life, we naturally want to express it. We do not always know it will how it will come out, will be used, or or where it would go. But but when this grace is received, it desires to be expressed. It's easy to recognize God's grace in our life when life's greater needs are met, or or when we are the recipient of unmerited generosity, right? Children are a perfect example of this. As parents, one of our biggest talks to pray uh, to raise polite and emotionally aware children who say what? Thank you, right? We want to teach them to say thank you. At a, at a child's birthday party, we continually remind our children, say thank you, right, when we receive gifts. At the grocery store, uh, I don't know if this still happens, but when, when we were raising our kids, um, and when I was a kid, I remember this, that the baker would give a, a child a free cookie, and without even thinking about it, and before the cookie, it's, it's even hardly in the children's hand, we would blurt out our response as parents is, what do you say, you know? You know, during trick or treat, I just I just noticed this as 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 kids were coming at our door, we'd put the, you know, the the little candy in the bag, and the parents make sure. What do you say? You know, say thank you, implying that there's a to be a response of gratitude for this free and un, undeserved gift, right? As parents, I would even venture to say that some of our most humiliating parenting moments arise from our child's ungrateful behavior, right? when words and actions are perceived as disrespect, right? For I've also said, and I've heard many parents mimic the same, be respectful, right? Say thank you. However, when it comes to some of the smaller graces in life, or, or better put, more subtle graces in life, right? Because we do not necessarily feel them at the moment, right? We often fail to recognize God's abundance, grace um, throughout our day, Right? The litmus test for actively identifying God's grace in our lives is in and of itself our practice of gratitude, right? I have a few more questions for you to answer today, and these are the ones that you might just have to, um, to dive in and, and, and see what's going on and, and think about these and meditate these about these in your own life, right? Just kind of picture these and put yourself in these situations. As, and so to kind of start, off, start us off is, when does God hear me offer cherish for his for his cherish in in my life in other words when does god hear me offer grace for his grace in my life right is it only at the dinner table when i'm in a rush to fill my belly right how does my response to his grace sound do i do i contemplate his grace and say thank you out of this intentional reflection of the goodness and kindness right that he has given me or do i just repeat the same four lines i always say before i go to bed you know same old, same old. Do I take the time to consider moments of God's goodness and kindness throughout my day? When I get up in the morning, do I say as David did, thank you God for another morning with new mercies? When my forgetful and aging you know, uh, relative has a moment of clarity and recalls a warm memory, do I thank God for, for gracing us with this shared moment of remembrance or do I say, ah, it's just another story again, the same old story? When I get to watch my son or my daughter play another soccer game or make another basket, right, or assist in a touchdown, do I, do I recognize that it's only by the grace of God that I am here watching this, attending this game? Am I, am I thankful that I have the money for him, to, him or her to participate in this game, this sport, right, or even the mental and physical capacity for me to be present at the game? When we slow down and take the time to recognize cherish in our life as believers, we will desire Eucharista. 
If God's grace is all around us, in us, and working through us, then we desire a willingness to show and receive gratitude at recognizing God's grace and are expected to do so. Another question for today is, what is the practice of remembering God's grace? How do we remember God's grace? There is a ritual tucked in the middle of the Passover story that is often unnoticed, and unless you are are familiar with the Jewish traditions, you, you probably have heard little to nothing about this. Okay? Before Passover night, the Lord gave clear and precise instructions to the Israelite people regarding the actual Passover event. You know, how the Israelites were to leave Egypt uh, and the ritual and practices of the Passover tradition for generations to come. After directing the Israelites in the events of Passover night, Moses then informs the Israelites that they will be practicing a feast, right? A Passover feast as a ritual for all the generations to come. So speaking on behalf of God, let's look at what Moses, what Moses says to them. It's Exodus 12, starting with verse 24. Exodus 12, starting with verse 24. Here's what it says. Remember these instructions are a permanent law that you and your descendants must observe forever. When you enter the land the Lord has promised to give you, you will continue to observe the ceremony. Then your children will ask, what does the ceremony mean? And then you will reply, it is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord, for he passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt, and though he struck the Egyptians, he spared our families. When Moses had finished speaking, all the people bowed down to the ground and worshipped. Now, you may be wondering what this passage has to do with gratitude or grace. Well, hang in here with me, okay? God knows that humans can be forgetful. He also knows that nations commonly repeat the same mistakes throughout history, right? And it's usually because of one primary reason, because they forget the lessons from their past, right? God knew that if he did not set future practices in place to help the Israelites remember their salvation from Egypt, they would eventually forget his extravagant act of grace. And this significant event would be lost on his people. Their lack of remembrance would would lead to a lack of gratitude, and without gratitude toward the Lord for what he had done, their hearts would grow hard, and they would forget the Lord's salvation, and they would once again end up as slaves. So when the children would ask, why do we practice the Passover? God wanted the adults to respond by remembering the Passover with gratitude for their, their salvation, although the word gratitude is not mentioned, it is implied as part of their salvation's ongoing work. If they wanted to live as a nation of significance and not fall back into a nation of slaves once again, they had to practice remembering God's grace in their life. The Passover was more than just a ritual. It was a practice of gratitude. Practicing gratitude, receiving and expressing God's grace, is the foundation for building a deep and meaningful life. Gratitude is a fluid virtue. And other virtues such as love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, thankfulness, and self-control piggyback upon intentionally giving and receiving God's grace, the practice of gratitude. Most, if not all, virtues are built upon living out of a state of gratitude. In a scientific journal comprised of hundreds of studies on gratitude, and and it was compiled by uh, the Greater Good Science Center, research finds that the desire to express and receive gratitude stems from our biological roots. Roots that appear to be embedded in our history, the structure of our brains, and in in child development. And although gratitude can be heavily influenced by culture, we know that, it also appears to be an inherent part of human nature. 
even in animals. Animals such as chimpanzees, fishes, uh, fishes, <laughs> fish, birds, and vampire bats, believe it or not, vampire bats, all exhibit a desire to receive and express gratitude. It's called reciprocal altruism. Okay, I'm not expecting you to remember that word or anything, but through, through reciprocal altruism, they initiate a behavior that helps another, an unrelated individual, even at a cost to themselves because they innately know that this reciprocal altruism, which is gratitude, will benefit them later. Our desire to express, receive, and give grace is what makes life significant. When we ask ourselves what is most important, we must assess with the realm of grace. For if practicing gratitude is the virtue that surpasses all other virtues, then anything of importance would have to be built upon living out God's grace and expressing God's grace. It's gratitude. And as the officer talked to the gentleman that got him off the ledge, right? Something deeply ingrained in his human nature inspired him to share what he felt in his own life with the man. He was able to share grace because he had received grace. To live a deep and meaningful life, we must begin by accepting what is freely given and offering this grace back to God and others through regular practices of grace. Amen. This concludes another episode of Venture Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode, and we'll hope you'll join us for the next three weeks as we continue this new series called Gratitude. We'll talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast and Chandler Acres Ministries, or you'd like to become a patron, please visit us at chandleracreschurch.com.